0: thanks for listening to the toronto legends podcast i am your host andrew applebaum my guest today is hal johnson one half of the dynamic duo behind the iconic fitness and health brand known as body break Hal's other and better half is, of course, his business and life partner, Joanne McLeod. Best known for their 90-second television spots in the late 80s and early 90s, Hal and Joanne continue to encourage people to keep fit and have fun, especially after two-plus years of the pandemic and its accompanying physical and mental toll. Body Break is a Canadian institution. It's been said that trying to explain the cultural significance of Hal and Joanne is like trying to explain the cultural significance of Tim Hortons. Welcome, Hal, to Toronto Legends. Thank you for joining me. Where are you, and how are you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm in um, in Muskoka, and I just tested
0: positive for COVID. <laughs> oh boy! Breaking news, not the breaking news we wanted. How are you feeling?
1: I I feel pretty good I'm uh, I just uh, Joanne uh, Joanne got it she gave it to me Mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, uh, but no she's a she's a trooper she's doing well it's just a a little bit of a runny nose uh, uh, a little bit of uh, you know feeling a little a a tiny bit achy but but not uh, not a big deal but uh, excited to do the show today so I'm, uh,
0: uh, I'm I'm ready to go you're nothing if not a trooper. (laughs) <laughs> now, Al, you're in Muskoka. Are you on, if I may ask, are you on vacation? I I believe that you were based in the GTA. No,
1: I was. I used to be, uh, well, I lived in uh, the GTA uh, mo- most of my life. Uh, but we uh, we sold our home in Oakville and moved to uh, our cottage in, uh, in Muskoka. So we're up here and uh, uh, loving it, uh, loving life and and can't wait to get out, uh, go kayaking or, you know, we're near Algonquin Park, which is great. So it's about a half hour away. So I, I go there and go uh, kayaking all the time and the trails and hiking and, and uh, basically we do, we do what body break does. So the, and and that's the only reason in a sense that uh, I would say not the only reason, but the one of the reasons that we um, did body break in a sense that, you know, it's like, this is really just a reflection of our lifestyle. So um, you know, we, we just got back from a vacation that gave us the uh, gave us COVID. Uh, we were on a cruise ship, <laughs> so yeah. it's her own fault. And went went on an Alaskan cruise, and uh, all of the um, all every day that we were in port, um, we were hiking and doing all sorts of physical activities. Uh, we climbed uh, within the ship. We climbed about four hundred. I was at four hundred and twenty. Um, flights of stairs because we never take the elevator when we're on the, on a cruise ship. Um, so it's just, that's just who we are. We just like to be active, keep the body moving and uh, keep it going for as long as possible.
0: Well, we're going to talk about that because you certainly are the brand. You live the brand. Now the headlines have screamed, Hal and Joanne are back. I didn't think you ever went away. <laughs> well, I think, you know, in the,
1: in the nineties and through the, you know, I guess up until about 2010, we were played so much um, on Canadian television, uh, 1500 times a week on about 130 stations, cable and network stations across the country. And we just, you got bombarded. Even if you didn't want to see it, you you saw it and you got bombarded. Kind of like the Canadian tire commercial with the guy doing the different things. And yes. you, you see, you go, gee, I don't necessarily want to see it again, but I'm watching it. I don't know why, but um, it's, and and so the, we were played so much, so often. And what I've learned just in the past, you know, five or six years, or really from when we did the Amazing Race, uh, and and all the love that we got from Canadians is that um, what we have, which is very special, uh, very you know um, something that we didn't uh, set out to do, and we're very fortunate. But we have a special place in in Canadians' hearts because they grew up with us. Um, they remember, they remember back in the time when they were, you know, 10 years old watching YTV and Hal and Joe would come on, you know, three or four times a day and they, they didn't have a mortgage. They didn't have, you know, kids to take care of themselves. They didn't worry about inflation. They just worried, okay, what's for dinner and body breaks on, you know, that, that was it. Right. So it, it harkens back to a, a simpler, um, a more, you know, just an easygoing time. And, and I think that's where we have a, a special place in Canadians' hearts. And they have, I must say that Canadians have, um, they've been just so kind to us over the years. Um, you know, we, we enjoy smiling and we just get those smiles back, a hundred percent. Like it's just, uh, it's just incredible. Um, the the warm reception that we get from everyone.
0: Well, you certainly do have a very special place in, in everyone's hearts. I was thinking about my youth and growing up in North York. The the only other person that had such a solid reputation for keeping it real and keeping it interesting at the same time was was Sue Johansson and her, her sex with Sue programming. Did you ever work with Sue? Because looking back, you guys could have been a powerful double shot roadshow.
1: Well, yeah, I think we, we were kind of more, uh, uh, we let Sue handle that category of activity. We, uh, we wanted to be more in the, uh, the other realms of, of, of that. And we kind of never crossed that, that line with that. And, and it's uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Sue was uh, very much, we were on different talk shows that we crossed paths together and that, in that respect. And when we met her, um, it, it's funny to say you grew up in North York. I grew up at Bathurst and Finch. Um, that's, that's where I grew up. And then we moved to Cumber and Young up, uh, up there. So North York is definitely a, a a place of my heart. I went to North uh, Northview Heights uh, High School, and um, and so that was uh, that's that was my youth in in North
0: York. Well, shout out to the the late great Mal Lastman, You and I, uh, sons of North York. But little, I don't know if this is considered breaking news. Hal, you are not a native North Yorker. You're not even a native Canadian. If I understand correctly, you were born in 1956 in Philadelphia.
1: Well, I was born in in, in Newark, New Jersey, okay. uh, which is, uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, I don't, uh, I don't brag about that. Um, it's, you know, it's, uh, I've been back to Newark once uh, okay. passing through uh, very quickly. Uh, so it was uh, my, at, at basically my mom's Irish and my dad's black and, and my, there was a, there was a movie called bingo long traveling all stars and motor Kings. And it was, it was in the seventies and it was about a black, I had um, uh, Richard Pryor, James Earl Jones, um, Billy DeWilliams in a great movie. Uh, Go Look it up on YouTube. It's a great movie, but it's about a black traveling baseball team that what they call barnstormed across uh, North America. And my dad was on that type of team. He was uh, barnstorming and going from town to town to town. And he went to Rosetown, Saskatchewan, um, and he met my mom in Rosetown. So, the, um, uh, that's my mom's Irish. My dad's black back in the you know early fifties. That wasn't uh, the thing to do, but eventually they got married. They moved to, um, Philly. I was born in, in Newark, but at six months age, my, my mom said, she goes, I don't want my son to be brought up in the U S it's just a, a, a nasty place. Um, we got to get out of there. So they moved. Subsequently, they moved six months uh, after my birth to to Toronto. So essentially, um, I was the one that forced them to come to Canada, back to Canada.
0: It was, it was a good uh, and, move.
1: Yeah, and I renounced my U.S. citizenship uh, about five years ago, um, coinciding to Trump um, being uh, being elected. I thought this place is nuts. Um, I don't really want to go uh, back there, and I I don't want to uh, be, be I don't want to be American, and I'm 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 such a proud Canadian, um, and I'm I, I just it's uh, I, I found that when you know the the um, in Ottawa the the freedom what they call freedom uh, uh, riders or whatever they're doing is that they they really they didn't appreciate, they don't appreciate Canada. And they, like, it has its faults. Absolutely. Um, but it's a really great place to live. And it's, uh, I'm Canadian. So I wouldn't say it's the greatest place to live. I'd say it's it's really good for me. There's no other place I would rather live than Canada. And um, it's just beautiful. The people are great. Um, you know, we've got a very stable economy, a stable environment. So I'm very grateful to to live in this country. and um, and I'm, you know very, very proud canadian. and when i I had the opportunity to represent Canada playing baseball, uh, and it was uh, that was kind of really a highlight for me. I remember when the um the they played the national anthem before the game, and I was wearing the, you know the Canadian, a jersey across my chest, and I go. You know, I am. I, I I couldn't have been prouder. I was just beaming that I had that opportunity to represent uh, Canada.
0: Well, we certainly do take a lot for granted being here. I agree with you, Hal. You were a great athlete growing up. You mentioned, I believe it was at Northview Heights at high school. You were the captain of your high school hockey team, baseball team, basketball team, football team. What what sport didn't you play? You were everywhere. I, I I didn't play soccer. I didn't really like soccer that much. Which for, is the most simple one. You just need a pair of shoes.
1: That's you're right. You're right. It's it's uh uh I, I for at that time in the you know in the seventies, soccer wasn't as big. Um, but uh, yeah, it was the one, one sport I didn't like. I I, I love hockey. Uh, I play hockey now. Um, and I, you know, I'm 66 and I'm out there with the senior guys, you know, playing hockey all the time. And I just had a knee replacement uh, a year and a half ago. And, um, and, to, you know, so it's, uh, you know, and you, have got to keep, keep that body moving. And, uh, so that's, I find all different types of activities, uh, to do. Um, and, and I've really started to enjoy hiking. I mean, uh, we went to Ireland five years ago, and we hiked uh, through the mountains of Ireland and, and um, uh, 150 kilometers in four days, and it was just magnificent. And um, and then we just were in, in um, Maui uh, three months ago or two months ago. As soon as, the, as soon as the Canadian government said it was okay to travel, you were uh, we went to M- Maui and we um, uh, hiked like every day. We were hiking into the volcanoes and um, a vacation for us, is how many, you know, how much, how many steps you can put into the day, how many, how much activity can you do? Uh, and that's really, uh, that's fun for for us. It's really a lot of fun.
0: I definitely do not see Hal and Joanne lying on a beach chair with uh, <laughs> mojitos all day. Now, Hal, you attended the University of Colorado on a baseball scholarship. You also earned your business degree there. How did you get end up at the university of Colorado? How do you even earn such a scholarship? How do you get on their radar from, from well, trying? you know,
1: that's, that's a great question because it, it's a, it's kind of an interesting journey is that uh, I played a summer a baseball in Edmonton. Um, I had moved out to, to Alberta uh, after high school, didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and I was out there at my uncle's ranch and uh, outside of um, uh, outside of Calgary uh, I, I went, um, my dad was, uh, has a, uh, a friend and he was a scout for a, a baseball team for, for a, a major league team. And he saw me and he was out in Alberta. He saw me and he's recommended I play for this Alberta summer league team. So I did. And then it was, I played against a lot of American ball players. Well, there were coaches from those teams that were up there as well. So I got an opportunity to play at junior college, and I went down to uh, Long Beach City College, and I played at Long Beach City College. And then I had the opportunity, um, you know, when I played there, to um, um, be on the All California team. And then I got scholarship offers from that. So I I could have gone to Long Beach State, uh, uh, gone to uh, Texas, gone to. Um, different uh, uh, other universities but I I chose University of Colorado because it kind of reminded me of Canada in a sense because Boulder Colorado is just absolutely magnificent and at the time there was a TV show called Mork and Mindy and that was that was in Boulder Colorado and it was and so every week I'd see Boulder Colorado so I kind of fell in love with this beautiful place in the mountains of Boulder Colorado I thought yeah, I'd love to go there. So when I got this college uh, offered to go there, and uh, I, and I played, and it was uh, it was a really fun time. And and from that, interesting enough, because I went to the University of Colorado, there was another Canadian on the team, a guy named Roger Speller. And Roger, um, he was saying that he was going to be trying out for the Canadian national team, and I thought, well, geez, you know, I, I, and I I wasn't did I say that confident, but. Roger was hitting like 260, and I was at 350, and I'm going, maybe I could try out for that team, you know. And, and so I sent the coach um, uh, my uh, clippings of uh, newspaper clippings of my hitting and so forth, and so I then got an offer, an opportunity to to try out for the Canadian uh, national team because because of Roger, I wouldn't even have thought about uh, going that
0: route. It's funny how things pop up. All our journeys are so. Uh, unexpected now you're a little humble Hal. you were in all-star first baseman at the university of colorado as you alluded to you represented canada at the world baseball championships any notable teammates or players that you played against at that time
1: i uh, i played against uh, uh several major leaguers um different ones um the you know, different um, uh, uh, Ducey was uh, Rob Ducey was uh, Yankees, uh, uh, Yankees shortstop. He also was the triple A manager for the Blue Jays, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, I played against I played against a lot of pitchers, in fact, that were made it to the major, played against Tony Gwynn, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Tony at, when we played against San Diego State. So there's a lot of different. You know, uh, major league players that that you know I played against, um, but I I knew that um, I knew that I was was not good enough. I you know you make that kind of re- realistic evaluation of your abilities, and I go I was good enough to play double AA, A, triple A, but I didn't have the the foot speed I could hit, but I I was not fast enough to be able to play in the major leagues. And I kind of made that assessment, and I thought, and I had seen so many other uh, players. In fact, our assistant coach uh, at the University of Colorado he played uh, A for like seven, eight years, uh, and his brother and he played. He was a AAA um, uh, catcher for the Yankees, and this is the time that Thurman Munson was the catcher for the the Yankees, and so he never got the opportunity to make it to the bigs, where his brother was the catcher for the um, for the New York Mets. And they weren't very good, but he became an all-star with the Mets. It was just like an opportunity, different. So I saw how he his life went playing A. and I thought, you know what, I I don't, I, I wanted. I so I did my focus on business, and that's really you know I I loved baseball, uh, but I, I thought you know I'm I really want to be a business person, and uh, that's where I uh, put my energies.
0: Well, you took the most advantage of the opportunity. You got your business degree. And you stayed in the U.S. after college, living in some different places. What eventually brought you back to Canada?
1: Well, again, it's a, a funny journey, in a sense, because I, um, you know, I, I did a, uh, I sold computer systems uh, in, in San Diego. Now, San Diego is a beautiful place, and I, I uh, it's gorgeous. Uh, my my biggest decision of the day in San Diego was was at 7 a.m. when I had to decide whether I was going to take uh, my hardtop car or my convertible to work, right? So if by, my determination was if it was above 65 degrees at, at 7 a.m., I took the convertible. I had a little Alfa Romeo that I bought, and it was – I mean, it cost me so much money to fix the thing all the time, but it was a little old Alfa Romeo, but I could put that top down and go down the highway. So – but it was it was so, it was a great lifestyle. I was in my you know uh, uh, you know late twenties, early thirties, having you know single guy. It was a great place to great place to live. But I uh, there's a friend of mine who uh, she was uh, an actress, and so she uh, needed a, a ride to an, uh, a TV audition and asked if I give her. It's an, it was an open call after I give her a ride. So I said, yeah, I can make it. I, her, So I, I drove her to, she, she was having car issues. I drove her to the uh, audition. So I'm waiting around for her. And they said, oh, what number are you? And I'm just kind of, oh, I said, I don't know. I haven't got my number yet. And they said, okay, you go in after this guy. So I go, okay. So I go in, long story short, I get the commercial because uh, f- f- for it. And it was a Tylenol commercial. So they flew me to Miami. I do the Tylenol commercial. Uh, I make uh, close to $100,000 from doing this commercial because they pay you every time it airs in the U.S. Wow. And they played it all the time. That actually led to an agent in in, uh, Los Angeles, which also led to an agent in Toronto because I wanted to come back home. So I got an agent in Toronto. I ended up coming back to uh, to Toronto doing shows like night heat and uh, 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 all kinds of different Canadian drama shows and doing a lot of commercials in Toronto. And eventually, you know, I, I just didn't, I, I wanted to, I thought, you know, I, I want to move into, to, to, to sports broadcasting and I, you know, cause I'm in the, this area and I love sports. And then that's where um, kind of, uh, things happen from that
0: you are this is kind of like you're like the kind of Forrest Gump of uh, <laughs> of, of Canada how you're always in the right place at the right time are you still getting if I may ask are you still getting residual checks for your past acting exploits
1: no no I'm not I've not so okay. it's, uh, but uh, yeah I never <laughs> never been called Forrest Gump before but you know I think it's interesting you know because I think there's there's two things is that obviously you know you've got to work hard but you, you have to think of yourself as lucky. And I always, I've always thought I'm lucky. I mean, and, and Joanne, I drive her nuts because I say, you know, you've got to throw 100 things at the wall and one thing will stick. And, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the, 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 the biggest opportunity or biggest business opportunity that we've done was a, a total lucky deal. That, that occurred. And it was like, um, what people don't think about is that one thing leads to another leads to another leads to another. I mean, doing your show is going to lead to so many other opportunities like, uh, you know, a uh, Toronto Mike, you know, kind of thing. You know, I mean, it's just, there, there's just so many things that I always look at that it'll be that, you know, one thing happens and then, Another thing, um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of give you a short story on this. Um, something like this, for example, well, we did the amazing race, <clears throat> which was phenomenal. We should have won. Uh, not that I'm resentful, but we should have <laughs> won. Um, we we knew the last question. We had figured out the very last question, which stumps a lot of teams. We knew that we would have, we would have won. Uh, but anyway, I we get we get U turned, and I'm we're devastated. And it's like, Oh my God, you know. And so uh, we, we come back and I say, okay, how can I turn this into a positive? Well, CTV told us you were not allowed to do any interviews with any other stations with any other things. I said to hell with them. We're body break. I'm going to still continue to do what I do. So I was getting so many uh, opportunities to do a lot of radio interviews and whatever about the race and so forth. So I did those. And then I did an interview with McLean's magazine, which CTV didn't want me to do uh, do that. I did it with McLean's magazine. and they the writer wrote this really nice article about Joanne and I. and um, and then the article did very well. So she said, I'm pitching an idea to this hour has 22 minutes. Uh, Would you guys be interested in being on, on the show? I said, yeah, sure. That'd be great. New experience, be kind of fun. So we went on the show with Sean Magendra and uh, Mark Critch and all the comedians. It was a wonderful time, great experience. So after the show, um, um, Sean Magendra and uh, says, Hey, let's go down to this. um, We're all going down to a bar for a bite to eat after the show. So it's like 10 o'clock at night, Monday night in Halifax. You know, how could it, you know, probably nobody there. We walk in, it is rocking. Like there's a band playing and there's all this, the pace is packed. We come in with these guys. So people are going, oh, body break, oh, Mark Critch, oh, you know, it's as it's, 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 we're having a great time. This guy comes up to me, a guy named uh, Wayne Cochran. He goes, hey, can I have a picture with you? I say, sure, not a problem. He's got a beer in his hand. Hey, you know, I said, he puts his arm around me, he goes, he goes, uh, Hey, you know, I think we can do some business together, and you know, so you you meet a guy in a in a in a bar who says you can do some business together, and I go, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, sure, Wayne. He goes, oh, here's my card. He gives me his card. Um, and so the next uh, two days later, I'm back in Toronto, and I open, uh, I'm cleaning up all my luggage, and I I see Wayne's card, and I go, oh, I'm gonna call this guy. Let's see if he even remembers, right? See what it is. So I call him. Well, two days later, he flies out to Toronto and we put a deal together within a week. And he flies out to Toronto to see me. So it's what it was is that we're the, he he uh owns uh child care franchises uh, across the country and we've grown it from uh six to now 40, 42 child care facilities across the country that that has anywhere between 100 to 300. Um, children in these facilities so and we we designed the fitness program we talked to the parents at home via zoom and different um, things that we put on presentations to parents on how to keep their kids fit and healthy and so we have partnered and we are part of and have a part uh, um, um, ownership of the child care business which was has been of all of our ventures that we've uh, gone into has been our uh, best one that we've ever done and so it's like you kind of look back and you say, geez, how the heck did that happen that out of out of nowhere that uh, we got this opportunity So luck plays a huge portion in, in, uh, in, in the success for, for people and you know and being at the right place at the right time and also having um, having failures. Because when you have failures and you build on that experience, then and you're ready for when the opportunity comes to you. And so, uh, quite often, I think people are not ready for that opportunity because their mind is closed. They've had failure. Oh, this can't happen to me. Uh, you know, I, I won't do it. I always have the attitude that, hey, uh, you know, that, that next door is going to open, that next one's going to be the biggest thing we ever do. And it's, Really, just having a positive attitude towards things.
0: Well, I'm with you 100%. Hal, it's it, it, like you say, it's luck. It's being in the right place at the right time. But it also, you got to put in all the hard work, which you obviously do. It's interesting. Kevin O'Leary's always been famous for saying he won't invest in someone that hasn't had failures. So, to your point, we all get lessons learned from that. Well,
1: it, it's it's interesting you put me with um, Forrest Gump and Kevin O'Leary. Um, is, uh,
0: is you're in the triumvirate of great Canadian thinkers <laughs> and Icons.
1: Well, Kevin and I wouldn't have the same political views. Let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it really is, um, you know, whatever. Um, when I talk to people about, like even during the pandemic now, right? Like uh, we, Joanne and I would go across the country um, doing speaking engagements to uh, corporations and associations and whatever. And that that's, you know, part of, it was part of our income. And so I was like, pandemic happens, boom, it's all gone. So I go, okay, what do you do? So I sat back and I thought about it for a bit and I thought, hmm, you know, um, they're doing this Zoom thing, which I never even knew really about Zoom that much before. I said, okay, so why don't I, we have a gym here. So why don't I set up and I have the technology I could set up multi cameras and I have multiple cameras. I have a, a, a switcher. I've got an, I bought an ATEM and learned uh, an ATEM mini switcher. Um, so I can control eight cameras. So I thought, why don't we do a present, do presentations from our gym and do that through zoom. So I, I did one yesterday. And so it's, you, we don't have to go more than a hundred feet to our gym to do presentations. So we're doing, you know, six, seven, eight presentations a month, and not even leaving our house. And we're doing it all from here. Uh, And so it's learning. So you take an opportunity, you look at something, you say, where is the opportunity in this? And so I looked at this with that saying, well, I have the skills from a a production perspective, I know how to put a production together. So instead of doing a presentation, why don't I simply do when I do a TV show, so I thought of this in terms of doing a a television show and setting up. So, for example, I I've got, don't have the cameras hooked right now. They're they're uh, either side of me here, but it's it, I would just do a switch to different um, uh, you know different cameras and Joanne will do an exercise over over my shoulder and we'd switch to that camera, we'd come back to me, we'd cut and I'd switch to another part of the gym. I go down to the uh, we can also go down to the house, to the kitchen, so I've got a camera a, a wired line there. So, technically we could put it all together. And so the people at home or um, viewing the presentation would have never seen this type of presentation from somebody doing a Zoom call. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and as I said, we did one yesterday for a senior center in British Columbia. Um, so uh, yeah, so that, there's opportunities wherever you look, uh, look for it.
0: Absolutely. I'm going to call you a shapeshifter. You, you, you roll with the times and you change with things. Hal, I think now is the appropriate time to fact-check the purported how we met story between you and Joanne. Apparently, this was in a chance meeting at the gym at the Peck Deck. Hal, this is so on brand that with all my heart, I hope this is the correct story.
1: (laughs) Well, that's – in fact, we recreated it. It's on YouTube. We recreated it on This Hour is 22 Minutes. Um, And and it was – and that is exactly what happened. Like it was, uh, I, I, I looked, I go, whoa, hmm, that, that's, she's looking pretty good over there. I, I was doing legs that day and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to kind of do chest. So I need to use the pectic. I need to kind of come in and, oh, oh, hi, hi, how are you doing? Oh, you know, great. You know, so can I, you mind if I work in? Yeah, sure. Oh, great. And and uh, I, I said something. Uh, stupid uh, probably and Joanne responded and uh, and then somehow we got to that she ran uh, she ran track and field I said oh do you know a guy named Hugh Spooner she goes Huey I go yeah Huey I, I, I grew up with Hugh." she goes Huey was on the national team with me, and we were good friends. I said, "Well, Hugh, yeah, oh, that's great." Boom! I had my in. I the 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 reel had gone out. I'd got it. I you know, so I you wasn't gonna let go. And we uh, we uh, that that I we were talking and talking away, and then uh, I said, "Well, hey, would you know? Do you want to go grab some dinner? You know?" And uh, she said, "Oh, that that would be that that'd be nice." Yeah, okay, great. So we. Uh, so I went home that, that day and I, I called Hugh and I said, Hugh, I met this girl, Joanne McLeod. Now she is, she in a kind of a nutcase or is she, is she okay? You know, cause I gotta be careful, you know? And she said, uh, she goes, no, she's, she's really a nice, nice person. She goes, he goes, why is she going to go out with you? I said. I said. I said, well, I said well, I know. I like. I, I fooled her the, on the first date. So, meanwhile, um, she
0: was she was phoning him on the other line. <laughs> back th- back then, you had put uh, calls on hold. It that's right. The like Seinfeld episode. Now, Joanne, of course, was an international level athlete as well mm-hmm. with the hurdles. So, you guys had this background in health and fitness. Body Break started in 1988 with a very simple premise help Canadians be more active by doing simple activities every day. Your method was to identify a fitness problem and then solve it with an exercise a nutrition or a health tip. Your target audience as defined by Joanne was anyone who you could berate. (laughs) So you self-financed, you self-financed the pilot for body break with your last $4,000 as lore goes, you each had, you were down to your last $2,000 each of you. And you filmed three two-minute segments as the pilot in July 1988 in Toronto Sherwood Park at Bayview and Eglinton. What do you remember, Hal, about that day shooting those pilot segments?
1: Well, I, I well I should say Joanne would never say berate because she never she never berates. Uh, she's a we're real much a soft sell. Uh, but what I remember about that day: one, it was hot; two, there were cicadas that were that were just hissing like crazy, driving our sound. Guy crazy, so we had to shoot uh, intermittent of the cicadas whistling, um, is on that day, in our very first episode, um, which we have a, a, uh, we've come out with a a line of clothing um, through Good for Sunday, a company called Good for Sunday out of Toronto. All products are made in the GTA area, um, um, Canadian-made products. And the shirts and and so forth that we have, and so it's that that's um, th- that was uh, th- that that shirt that we wore on the, the our very first episode is what good for Sunday is one of the products that they're doing. So our very first episode that we put shirts to uh, put shirts on, that was um, that was a, sh- a shirt that we wore on our bo- first initial body break episode. So that was that that was that was quite uh, quite fun, but it was it was a. Um, on, on that day I remember Joanne I, re, I remember Joanne doing a um, uh, she would do a. Uh, jo, Joanne would do a would be, be cycling and so what what Joanne would do is that is it what she would do is she would say she we'd have a little competition she has some fun and we'd show the exercise and this is the what I'm showing you is the, is the shot of our uh, very first, um, about body break episode. And those are the shirts that we wore. Now, when Joanne was riding on that, on that, uh, the bike, she never told me that she wore contact lenses. Okay. And so uh, what the problem was, is our finishing shot, we're, we're racing down the hill and our cameraman, Garropy, who is absolutely integral to our success, um, who really taught us so much uh, on how to shoot, how to, how to put things together? Is Claude says, okay, a great ending shot. Would you, you two come right between me, on either side of me, and, and wish by? Now, Claude is, he shoots, um, he shot Hockey Night in Canada, he shoots car racing, he shoots all those kinds of things. Joanne didn't tell us that she blew up her contacts in the microwave the night before, so she actually couldn't see yeah, exactly. very well at all riding down the hill. So she, when she went close to uh, Claude, she could hardly see him. And so she, she was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand why she kept saying, how far am I away from you? And I go, okay, what are you talking about? But so we zoomed by Claude, but that was kind of one of the memories. But I, I remember when we finished, I said, this is going to be successful. This is, this is going to be, um, this is going to happen. We're going to be. I felt so confident that the, that what we did that day um, was was going to happen, and it was. Going to, and and interesting enough, I was so naive and ignorant to the business world um, in terms of the television industry that um, that naiveness uh, helped me. And so I, I, because I just kept plowing along because I said this is going to be successful this is what I have to do. So that was kind of what, uh, um, you know, what I did. And, and it, when people come to me, when young people come to me and they ask me, you know, they've got an idea and I'm more than happy to help, you know, people in that regard. And uh, I don't want to do it for them. I want, I would help happy to give them advice. The one thing I have to check myself with is not to show them all the pitfalls, not to show them all the negatives that, that are going to happen. Because if I knew then what I know now, I may not have done it.
0: You would never I may have started.
1: Said, I, I may have said, "Oh, I got you know." Why do I think I can do this? And what I one thing I did, which was um, uh, just kind of by accident or whatever, was is that I said to myself, "I said I'm not going to deal with any negative people. Anybody that says that I'm that they don't know if this show is going to be successful, I'm not going to talk to people that." give me positive energy to say, Hey, you can do this. Like my dad, I was telling him all the time. And so you've got to have those Oh, you can do it. You can do it. And when I talked to my dad about it, my dad would say, he goes, he might My dad had no idea what I was really doing, but he goes, Oh, you can do it. I know this will be successful. Wow. You're going to blow this out of the park. And that's all I heard. And so I just kept going and going and going and, you know, just plowing through.
0: It's attitude. Attitude does it. Hal, I wanted to jump into a section here. I've put together a list of the top five questions that you have literally been asked one billion times and that I will not ask you. You only have to tell me if I'm wrong on these. Mm -hmm. These over-asked questions are, of course, how to get fit, how to break into television, how to lose weight, how to start a business, and by far, what I'm guessing, the number one presumed most over-asked question of you, are you a couple or married? Am I right that these are the top five? I, I, it's pretty
1: close. I, <laughs> I, you've, you've hit the uh, hit them. Uh, I would say number five would be, uh, how do you get into television? It, it, that's probably the the lower one uh, of, of them, but I do get asked that from... from uh, uh, on occasion um but you know um I'm, I'm happy to as i said i'm happy to help people in that regard um you know if they um if they show initiative and if they show that they want to they want to work and and do the do the work i don't want to do the work for
0: them and of course i do cuz people pro- probably are saying i did want to know the answer to some of those the biggest one of course is that you are a couple and you were married in 1999 so you're you're not far away from the the, the 25th anniversary by my count
1: we don't even tr- track that kind of stuff. Is go, yeah, like because we'd lived together since 1988, so it was uh, we we, we got married, uh, it was like, ah, do you want to? Oh, okay, so and it was a surprise wedding. We had a bunch of people over to the house for dinner, and they didn't know we were getting married. And a, oh, wow, uh, and a minister shows up, uh, and uh, he goes, Oh, we're gonna have something do something in the uh. In the dining room, people walked in, the minister's there, giving them vows, and then, oh, okay, great. Uh, that, was, that was it. So we didn't get any, any, any wedding gifts.
0: <laughs> I, I will, Hal, however, ask you the number six most over-asked question that you get. Where is the Tom Selleck Magnum PI era incredibly <laughs> thick Hal Johnson mustache?
1: well I uh, that mustache is uh, has a life of its own. Uh, it has its own Twitter page uh, somebody created it. I did a video with uh, on a music video about chasing my mustache. Uh, it, it is interesting the, uh, the the intrigue that people have with that, but uh, I grew it when we were actually in Japan uh, the the entire team grew. Um, drew big mustaches to look tougher against the American teams. Um, So we grew these big mustaches and, and, and I had the, uh, I I guess at the time I didn't think it was a good fortune, but I always looked kind of younger. And so it made me look tougher and older. And so I grew that. Now, when you get to be 66 tougher and older is not what you're kind of ascending to. That's not where, where, where you want to go. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like, and it's two more maintenance. So, uh, but what I did do, we, we had a commercial shoot that we did for, uh, uh for action water. Um, this, uh, this is a, a pH water that we, uh, that we've endorsed a, an opportunity came to us the last few months and we're uh, endorsing, uh, action water. And they asked me for the shoot. Could I grow my mustache back? So I grew the mustache back and, um, uh, uh, for the shoot, but now we've got another shoot on on uh, next week, um, COVID permitting. That we we do, uh, we've got another shoot that we're doing up here for Pure Later, Uh and I needed to have the mustache off so uh, to match with other video that we're going to tie together. So I did I had to uh, shave it off, but I have to grow it back after that shoot because we're doing a commercial with another one with Connor McDavid. And with Action Water in, in August, so I've got to grow it back for those commercials. So uh, it, it's kind of coming on and coming off. So that's uh, You weren't
0: kidding. It's got a life of its own. You're going to need a personal assistant, Hal, just to manage your, your mustache. What, what celebrities have prayed to the altar of Body Break? Did anyone surprise you and say, I'm a huge fan and someone that kind of caught your eye?
1: Um. Yeah, I, I, well, I was on off the record uh, over a hundred times with Michael Landsberg. And so I had an opportunity to meet so many uh, athletes, politicians, uh, uh, you know, Bob Ray, for example, (laughs) said to, he was like, Oh, I body break. Hey, I know know you guys, it's great. You guys, you know, and uh, you know, so, but so many athletes and, and politicians and it's interesting I I learned again. I learned from uh, a lot from from uh, many of those uh, uh, famous people. um, Is that that uh, how to how to treat people who come up to you? And is that understand that they're they may be a little nervous uh, meeting you. They're excited to meet you, and you you have this responsibility not to disappoint. Not to, you know, burst their bubble, their childhood bubble that they have of you. Um, you're not a caricature of, of who you are. Just be yourself. But, but, but understand that it's um, just be nice. You know, and I thought that that's um, when a lot of the people that, that I met on off the record. Um, uh, the, interesting. The more famous ones, the people that were higher up who were secure with who they are, <clears throat> were very nice. Um, ones that weren't as secure with who they are um, seem to uh, display some of that insecurity and not being not being very nice. So it, not being as uh, inviting and, and understanding that you as people, somebody in the public eye, um, you have to be. You have to kind of uh, some a lot of times to open the door. Like sometimes if somebody. Uh, They'll oh body break oh and and they come to come at you in a very nice way, and you'll know that they want to ask you to take a picture. And I would say to them, "Hey, can I take a picture with you?" And they go, "Oh yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great." You know, so it's kind of like you under you know what they want, and it's hard for them to do it. They're like, "Can I take a picture with you?" Or and but I, I you know you you say it to them. I like I like to take a picture with you. Now all of a sudden they're like oh, my God, I love these people, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And so that's where, um, you know, the understanding and learning from other people, uh, other, uh, you know, people that are in the public eye, um, how they handle themselves is, is uh, what I've learned over the years.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's been attributed to a lot of different people, but uh, it's Wayne Gretzky and other hockey stars have purportedly said this, but the concept was they were asked, uh, you know, do you ever take a game off? You know, it's a long season, 82 games. You must take a day off. And and the answer was, well, the person, the 10-year-old that's in the stands that day, that might be the only time they're going to see me play. And I want them to see me at my best, so I'm always going to give my best, which is basically what you're alluding to. And aligned with this, Hal, because of your whole health and fitness message and living the message, can you and Joanne go into a Burger King or a Taco Bell, or or do you have to wear a disguise? What do you do when you want to cheat a little?
1: Well, it's not necessarily a cheat. I mean, having a burger uh, and fries, it's like, uh, you know, um, you know, I've, you know, we just went for a you know, 10 kilometer hike uh, in Algonquin park. Okay. If I have a burger, it's not a big deal, right? It's, it's all balance. Uh, I mean, as I said, I was on a ship for, for a week. You, mean, you talk about trying to get balance on that thing. I mean, it's like, you're, you're at the buffet table, you know, it's, uh, Uh, You know, it's not all you can eat, you know, like it it shouldn't be, but it it certainly is for a lot of the passengers. No, I I find that it's, um, uh, it is a balance. Um, You know, I, I love apple pie. I love pecan pie, cherry pie. I love it. What I often do is I'll walk through the bakery section of the grocery store and just look at it. And then I'll look at the caloric, um, uh, calories on it. And then I'll go, okay, how much do I have to work out to get rid of that piece of pie? Is it, do I feel that it's worth it today? Um, and so, uh, quite often I'll just put it down. I go, it, it's, I've had my fix, you know, in a way, but it, you know, it's uh ice cream, uh, you know, okay. In the summer I occasionally have, um, what we were blessed to have a place called court, dairies that makes their, uh, uh, ice cream nearby and, and we uh, will go over and get a, um, get a liter of that and not you know uh, once uh, every two months or something like that, it, not even that much, but it'll be a special occasion. Um, and so' it's, that's kind of uh, I, I look at it that it's a balance, especially as you get older, is that um, my whole focus is on reducing the amount of sugar that I have in, uh, in my system because sugar creates inflammation. Um, and it, uh, it's empty calories. So it's really, you really want to do that. You want to reduce the amount of sugar intake that you're, you're having on a daily basis.
0: Well, I got to ask if you don't mind at 66, what's, what's your, your height and weight right now? What's your waist size? How? Uh,
1: 35 and I'm six foot, uh, six foot three ish, six foot two and a half, six, three, uh, two 22, 220. <laughs> and, and when I was in the when I was in high school, when I was at university, I was two fifteen, um, but I had a body fat of uh, about fourteen percent, fifteen percent. So it was. I, I wish I was back at that, you know, uh, that body fat, but uh, uh, percentage. But uh, I'm not. I, I'd actually like since my uh, um, a knee replacement, um, which was uh, anyone getting a knee replacement understand it's a it's a very tough tough uh surgery um and you have to work i worked out probably 6 to 8 hours a day after surgery from, because like in terms of um uh, a treadmill bike stepper uh, icing uh, ultrasound uh tens machine and then do it over again i mean it was just that every day every day it was and it was very very painful um but it's really something that since since my my knee replacement, I go. You know what? I think I want to lose maybe about another ten to fifteen pounds just to take the pressure off the knee. Um, and so, because I know that now, I do a lot of work. I just built a, building a deck here, and I do a lot of work lifting stuff around, lifting granite slabs. And so, I'll, I'll lift a something let's say fifty pounds, and I I walk with it, and I go, my knee hurts because I'm putting that pressure on the knee. And so you really have to understand, if you're, let say, 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight, your entire body is being, is, is, your knees, your ankles, your hips, all have that pressure compressing your system. And it's got to, it, it'll take its toll eventually. So um, I was thinking for my longevity and the things I'd like to do, I probably am going to, I'm, I'd like to get down to around 205, Uh, 200 pounds. I I haven't been 200 pounds since I was in grade 10. So it's
0: uh, well, uh, I'm still impressed. You're giving me some goals. I got to get down to this 35 inch waist. (laughs) How how, how are you going to do it? I'm going to do exactly what you would tell me to do. I'm going to balance because what I've taken away from body break is it's a balancing act of nutrition, hydration, sleep, and exercise. And you've also emphasized listening to your body and monitoring it. What do you want to add to this interpretation of the body break philosophy?
1: Um, it's just keep fit and have fun. I mean, that's yep. really the the philosophy the of it. It's just yeah, you know, when it, when uh, I came up with the slogan "keep fit and have fun," um, it really it's amazing when I said it and I wrote it. I wrote it out. I go, this embodies everything that we're all about. It's just that's it, and so um, this is what the show is all about. When I wrote the first script, um, uh, and I I didn't have a, a line at the end. I go, what, what what do I want to say at the end? And and it was like, I want you to keep fit, but we want to have fun. Okay, that's the, that's the final line. Keep fit, and have fun. And go. the way we came up with the the name Body Break was I was at my sister's house and I was explaining to her this concept and idea. And I'd been writing a script, but we didn't have a title of the show. So what, and she said, well, what's, what's the show about? And I said, well, it's, I said, it's about, you know, fitness and, you know, uh, it's a real short segment. Uh, um, So it was like fit, fit shorts or it's like a, a little break. And it's, well, it's about your body break, body break. Okay, body
0: break. <laughs> that,
1: that, that's how it came about. Uh, just my sister and I talking about it, and we just came out like that.
0: And a brand was born. And it really <laughs> is a brand. And I think I'm, I'm sure this is one of the things you've learned over your career, Hal, that the importance of the integrity of that brand and yeah. uh, walking the talk.
1: Yeah. Well, the brand. It, it, it's uh. And it's interesting how phases of, of brands happen. You know, you said people. You know, say body break is back. You know, it's like your brand kind of ebbs and flows. You know, you get to a certain point, in then you know, in the '90s, early 2000s, I mean, everybody knew a body break in a sense. Like they all they knew the brand, um, and it was it was like, okay, how do you keep how do you keep it alive at a certain point? And that's you know, I was thinking myself of doing a podcast. Um, but uh, you know, I don't have the luxury of having you know Toronto Toronto Mike uh, to be uh, you know producing. You know, if I had that luxury, it'd be something else. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a lot of work. But and I think you know, but is doing a podcast something that uh, will help the brand? It will continue the brand. Uh, is it something I want to do? Uh, um, and those are those are the kind of things that I uh, I think about a, a lot about the brand. Now, Joanne, on the other hand. She thinks about doing uh, Ironman triathlons, swimming, uh, golfing, hiking. She she Joanne's kind of like she's ready to retire. Um, I enjoy what we do, um, you know, and I, I, but I I I don't want something that I have to do every week yeah. kind of thing. That's yeah. that's kind of thing.
0: Well, you were you were pioneers of the uh, work at home uh, model. I mean, yeah. COVID turned all of us into or opened our eyes to working from home. But you guys have always worked from home, so to speak, and yeah. so uh, yeah. you were you were better prepared for all these things. I think your your business professors back at University of Colorado are going to be very proud, Hal. You, you used all your learnings over time. You know,
1: it's interesting. the 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 best class I ever took was I took two uh, two courses. Uh, Sales 101 and Sales 102. And those were the, those courses, I would recommend, I don't care if you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, whatever um, uh, area of life you're going to be. to understand sales and to understand how to uh, present yourself and sell yourself uh, is really that is really the, has been the key. And Joanna uh, often will say, the success, this, one of the major successes and the reasons for body break was my sales background. Having the ability to sell this concept and this idea, being able to paint a picture for people. Um, and, and when I look at, like I, I, I took the idea of body break, when I got it, I said, well, what we have to do is exactly what I did when I sold computer systems to the military. So I would sell large multi-million dollar computer systems to the military. What I had to do is I had to go into a major's or a captain's office and I had to show them their, their documentation on our system. They, they had to see their stuff, how it works on our system. So I, I took that same idea and concept. So I said to Joanne, we have to shoot this pilot episode of this. I can't just come in with a storyboard or whatever, those types of things. Um, I can't, we did a storyboard. That's what you saw is that was one of our, uh, our first storyboards. We have to have a video to show them because we can't, we can't rely on their imagination of what it will look like. Here it is. And so uh, that same sales concept that I did with the military, I did with body break. We produced the episode. We showed it to the, we showed it to people and then, um, you know, rejected many, 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 many times. But when, when, when participation latched onto it, they, um, they were able to see, Oh, this is what we're getting.
0: The whole process of what you've been through and all these lessons learned, I, I can see, you know, with your uh, the combination, of your philosophies and your enthusiasm, you obviously still use them today. And as we move forward, you're going to keep using them. You've been very generous with your time, how. As we wrap up, I do want to ask how you're going to use all this continued enthusiasm for body break. What are your plans for the remainder of 2022 and beyond? What are you guys working on now and what's next?
1: Well, as I said uh, earlier, we're doing uh, another action, uh, action water commercial. Um, we've got three more of those to shoot this year, and and then uh, whenever Connor McDavid uh, can uh, get out and get down here to Toronto to shoot another spot with him, uh, which was our spot we did last year with Connor was really, uh, really good. They, they went over really well. It played a lot during the, during the playoffs, um, and it was uh, it was a fun commercial. So, and he, and I must say. He is a real, really nice young man. I mean, he's a really nice young man. And again, he's the best in the world and he's humble and that you can learn from that somebody who is just, he's the best at what he does. And yet he does, you'd never know that, that, that he is the best at, at anything. He's just a nice, easygoing young man. And we were, uh, it was a real pleasure uh, to, uh, to do that commercial, that spot with him. And so we're looking forward to doing another spot with him and, and we're doing uh, uh, things with Willowbray, with, with childcare and and uh, building a, building a, a large deck and uh, uh, doing a lot of rock work for friends. I, I like this is kind of an offshoot of what I do. I I love to to do stuff that like I go well. I can do that like and so I rented a a backhoe and a, a, a skid steer and I, I move all that stuff move rocks around build build uh, uh granite trails or granite paths for a uh, stuff and so i and so a friend of mine he goes uh, he wants that done at his place so i'm gonna go over at his place and help him out with that and because i you know can run the skid steer and the the ditch witch and all the, the the machinery so i i love doing that kind of stuff people go oh you're body breaking i'm in the Muskoka Rental going. Hey, I need the uh, skid steer for uh, you know a couple days. They go. Oh, okay, great, Hal. You know, so
0: <laughs> it's it's all in the brand, Hal. Body Break a, Contracting. Exactly, exactly. Call us today. I love it. <laughs> it was really great having you, Hal. Where can we best follow you and Joanne and everything Body Break?
1: Well, it's uh, on Instagram, uh, Body Break eighty eight, and everything else is Body Break on Twitter, Body Break, Facebook, Body Break. Uh, yeah, and YouTube, our YouTube channel. Uh, Body Break, which we're uh, actually, what we're doing with uh, our YouTube channel, every week we're po- posting two of our old Body Break episodes. Uh, so you, you'll, um, and we're getting, you know, nice response from people. They're saying, oh, this reminds me of my childhood and, and everything. And so uh, we've got over, I guess, close to 300 uh, spots. And we've been, over the last year, been put, posting uh, two a week uh, on there. So uh, we've got a young lady doing that for us, which is, uh, which is quite nice.
0: I want to, I want to double that up and recommend to all the listeners for a fun, hit of nostalgia. Uh, I noticed on your Twitter feed, you've got the old segments with the actual year of production superimposed and the hair and clothes are as much fun as the health and fitness tips. So that's great. So thanks again, Hal. And I wish you a great summer ahead.
1: Great. Well, thanks very much. And as we always say, until next time, keep fit and have fun.
0: That's what I needed to hear. And to the listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of the Toronto Legends Podcast. On behalf of Hal Johnson, I am Andrew Applebaum saying mahalo.